Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about the feedback for the rest of the season, the whole season. I don't know, did people write in uh, generally or was it all about this finale? It was about a bunch of different stuff. It was uh, letting us know about uh, upcoming Trek events. It was people telling us not to give up on Star Trek because Strange New Worlds. It was... I I can't uh, not know about the Star Trek cruise because I get emails for it constantly. Years in advance. there's a Star Trek cruise? They're booking for the 20... They're booking for the date that the Enterprise is is launched from, from from Stardock already. Already. They've announced guests. It's crazy. Is it a seven-year voyage? Yeah. Yeah, it's a seven-year uh, cruise. Like so Gilligan's what, Island. I had no... So, so I guess I got to get on this mailing list because I had no idea that there is a Star Trek cruise. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's all I know about Star Trek fandom is the cruise now. I want to show up in Jean-Luc's shiny silver holographic bikini boy briefs mm-hmm. and his asymmetrical gauzy robe that he wore to Riza. I just nice. gonna, I, I'm just going to live in that. Uh, hopefully I can punch a Ferengi. Uh, <laughs> if I could romance an intergalactic archaeologist, uh, Indiana Jones smuggler, swindler, that would be a bonus. Uh, have to mm-hmm. clear that with Cecily. Um, I might need the I, I might need the time of the Enterprise launching to make all this uh, work out. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that actually sounds pretty cool. Although, you know, I don't, I don't know. What was what's a cruise full of Star Trek people? I've been to a few Star Trek conventions. Uh-huh. I, 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 hey, they're my people. I, I enjoy my time among them. But <laughs> seven days and seven nights. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm sure it's it's a good nerdy time if you're into it. But I'm just not into cruises. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've only been on one. It was a good time. It was a good time. Um, I imagine if it's if a Star Trek marathons would only improve the. But that's the thing. It's like I feel like any type of cruise, and I've seen this like the Joko cruises. Uh, uh, Jonathan was it Colton? Is that mm-hmm. his name? Uh, some of the other stuff. It's like it seems like they're dying. Like a, a board game cruise. Like, well, why don't you just save a couple grand <laughs> and just play board games on land? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're diametrically op- uh, opposing things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got we got feedback. We got our hailing frequencies are open. We're about to close them. We're about to go dark uh, until the next season. But uh, we do have a, a a quite a robust, not quite a containment breach, but quite a robust feedback here. Leading off, Picard at BaldMove.com is Dennis. So this is not so much feedback, but a heads up with Star Trek the motion picture being re-released in 4K. There's a limited engagement on the big screen if you want to watch it in all its glory. Screenings are in a couple of weeks and the later half of May, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I checked this, this out. Mm-hmm. We have several uh, screenings close to us, not in our preferred theater, but like, you know, the Milford mm-hmm. AMC is not too far away. Uh, the one at the levee, not too bad. Uh, and it is in the lat- latter half of May. Uh, no, in, no in this Cincinnati. is the, the the version that has the updated graphics and improved uh, visuals. Supposedly, yeah, this is the 4K re-release. Uh, I was watching a uh, Trek Lad over on YouTube. He's got a review of this thing, and I'm, I'm sure it's from like a 4K Blu-ray or something like that. But uh, apparently, I don't know. He wasn't totally enamored with the graphical updates. Um, oh, it certainly really? looks better from like a resolution standpoint and a clarity standpoint, but they've 
like Ghana did what they did to like uh, TNG, right? When they remastered that um, and put in like new visual effects. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They did that. I thought they did that the, the old series. They actually did a TNG too. They I updated they did the TNG. Yeah, I, I know they so. did. For a fact, they did the old series. I thought that stuff looked amazing. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm thinking of the old series, but yeah, um, they've done the same thing here. They've like re, huh. not just remastered the visuals, but like changed visual effects to make them flashier. Boy, I don't know about that because like we just watched yeah. this like two years ago, and I was kind of gobsmacked by how well the model work like right. held up. Yeah, and that's that's not they a movie great. you want a ton of like yeah lens flares and shit going on right you just want it to be what it is and they i don't fucking know. added don't know. they fucking added a, those those stupid pyrotechnic ring explosions everything instead oh, of the yeah. klingon ship being star. digitized it blows mm-hmm. up like a yeah like a giant <laughs> basketball ring yeah I, uh, I don't know uh i i'm curious i kind of want to check it out yeah it's uh if it, in cincinnati it's the weekend of uh the like may 20th weekend um which okay. that sucks. Still a although weeks. there's an engagement on monday and wednesday because i said that's the weekend i'm doing my my big backyard paver project so but there is a showing on uh, monday and wednesday too so yeah check that out uh, uh it's i think it's done through that uh uh fathom yeah it's a, fa- yeah. It's a one of those fathom events so if you have a theater that hosts fathom events you got a very good chance of seeing star trek the motion picture which is essentially a supersized uh star trek episode it's mm-hmm. really good. I think it holds up, especially if you've been hungering for some more thoughtful Trek. Yeah. Moving on to Nathan. Uh, we got some we got some context about Morris Picard. Uh, my grandfather's name and pronunciation matches Morris Picard. So I wanted to provide you uh, the context here. My grandfather's born in rural Arkansas in the early 1900s to Bible thumping Baptists who immigrated from England to America in the early 1800s. The English version of Maurice is pronounced like Morris Chestnut's name. It was news to me, but apparently Morris is uh, uh, originated as a French name. I did know that, which is why it's Maurice. But uh, it's due, its popularity is due to uh, Mauritius, uh, St. Maurice, um, who was an Egyptian military leader who headed the legendary Theban Legion of Rome in the third century. Uh, Mauritius in uh, origin means one from Maurish, M- Mauritania uh, or Ma- mm-hmm. Ma- Ma- Mauritania, uh, i.e. the more it's stretched from present day Algeria westwards to the Atlantic included land on each side of the Strait of Gibraltar. Based on the pronunciation guide, Morris Picard uses the English favored pronunciation of the name Maurice, a.k.a. Morris. Long story short, Morris Picard is one of the most appropriate names for Jean-Luc Picard's father especially considering Patrick Stewart's English accent, even if it seems weird to us, the viewers are subjected to 10 episodes of poorly written fan fiction. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, hmm. I mean, it, it does match the whole, and I, that's one of the, my favorite things about this season is they did some fun retconning of why you have this very distinguished English person with this very, very, you know, but, but yeah. wearing his Frenchness uh, on his sleeve, like a badge of, you know, I don't know badge of baguettes like a like a badgette of a baguette of courage <laughs> uh, sure um <laughs> so thanks i appreciate because like yeah is is this a uh, morris pickard uh mm-hmm. is his name 
Uh, Derek O, usually great shows don't land the plane. This show it's landed itself with the damaged warp core and c- compromised bridge. The ending shows how a strong end game can get derailed by either lazy or unfocused execution, execution of little things. I digress. The ending took it from a waste of time into the neutral zone, which I guess is pun intended. I think Derek's of the opinion that we had a strong start and like we were talking mm-hmm. about surprisingly strong ending, but mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, man, this this could have been. I feel like this could have been a three episode show. You yeah, got the I, first one, a it, romp. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I don't want to. I, I was gonna say. I think we had someone write in with email to that effect. Like this could have been a two parter. Uh, and I kind of think they're right. Yeah, a two parter might have been a stretch uh, because I liked almost everything in the first part uh and quite a bit of the second but Mm -hmm. and a third episode for just like a zany romp through 21st century uh america like star trek 4 i thought that would be that would be a lot of fun and uh um the stuff they did with q again i almost think it works because they didn't try to explain it it's just like for some you know uh ineffable reason q is dying Mm -hmm. and he's scared and he wants someone who's been uh, on a big part of his journey, or at least, you know, I guess whatever that means to Eternal Q, uh, mm-hmm. to to be with him when he and, and to give him one last parting gift like that through line really fucking works. I yeah. don't know why they buried it under 10 different layers of crazy plot because <laughs> they had to. They have 10 episodes they got to fill. What else are you going to do? Nobody else's story is as interesting to us. But they didn't like well, this could have been a 10 episode season where like that's the core. That's like a, there's a three or four mm-hmm. episode run there that that's the core. But you could have, you know, um, I don't know. I would like to seen Rios going around in Stargazer a little bit more. Uh, uh, have a couple episodes of Picard uh, being the admiral of Starfleet and kind of like going on a training thing that could have devolved in it. I don't know. Like I. um. Yeah, just because it would work as a three episode arc doesn't mean that the writer's room just takes the rest of the season off. Just keep doing like like the one guy said last week, like uh, the way they do on the Clone Wars and Rebels and things where they have, you know, little mini arcs each season. I think that would have worked, but oh, well, the ship, the ship has sailed. James B., even though I enjoy listening to you guys shit on the dumb stuff in Picard week after week, I still enjoyed the season. Here are the things that irritated me, though. One, by far the most egregious omission is the lack of any attempt by the writers to account for the episode Time Zero. I kept waiting for some acknowledgement by the end of the season, but it never came. Young Guinan didn't recognize Picard when he first showed up in 2024 Forward, even though she'd met him 125 years earlier in San Francisco. That encounter, complete with Mark Twain, wouldn't have been easily forgotten. Time's Arrow isn't some horrible forgotten episode from TNG season one. They make a big deal of Time's Arrow about how it was the first time Picard and Guinan met. Even on the theory that Q or Picard's crew had already set in motion the alternate timeline by the time Picard walked into 2024 10 forward, maybe because Q had already convinced Renee to quit the Europa mission by then, isn't one of Guinan's big things her awareness of alternate timelines, especially when a timeline isn't what it's supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I, I, I recognize what I think the show people have said, and, I, and I've only seen this in like uh, those retrospective interviews with Leslie Crusher where they're like, oh, well, it's already a timeline. But it, it really doesn't make sense that Guinan with her temporal awareness 
had no idea who Jean-Luc Picard was until he named his name and then she started throwing up or whatever fucking <laughs> space sickness she got. And I, I don't know. I was under the impression that the alternate timeline began after the events of most of this season, right? Like the the branching happens, but everything happened the same way before it. Well, Am see, I that's why that? I, I buy that if if you stop Renee and you end up in the despotic hell space that is the 24th Century Federation, then that Picard, Picard is not grows up not to going gallivanting, yeah. exploring around the galaxy, never loses data, head, just head in the cave, certainly doesn't travel back in time to San Francisco to rescue him because he'd just be a fucking robot who gives a shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which yeah, implies so. that they could have gone to that cave in San Francisco and gotten data's head out of storage and done something cool with that. <laughs> sure. But I, back to the, future the thing scenario. is what I can't, what I can't quite, cause like I, these people have seen star Trek. They know quite a bit mm-hmm. about the deep lore it's so weird that they would just jettison the really a really important episode between Guy and Picard um, and not really address it at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, not even in their, uh, you know, half ass, like one sentence. Oh, we you know, your brother's right. studying at college. Don't worry about him kind of way. I, I don't I can't figure it out. Um, which is a whole other plot of another hard to forget to the next generation episode. Um, James continues yesterday's enterprise. I feel like, and that's the one where the enterprise C comes through a wormhole and it was supposed to defend the Klingon outpost against the Romulans, but couldn't. So that led the war between the Federation and Klingons and a very militarized Federation. Natasha Yar still alive and, uh, Shooter McGavin uh, goes back with Tasha to save the Klingons or some shit like that. You, you, you all remember. Uh, I feel like old guy could have at least said something during that last conversation like, oh, yeah, when you guys restored the timeline and suddenly remembered that I'd already met you with Mark Twain in San Francisco, but the writers just sure. left us hanging. Uh, when old Picard hid the skeleton key behind the loose stone so young Picard could find it 300 years later, did that change the timeline so his dad couldn't lock the mom inside the door because he wouldn't have been able to find the key where old Picard had hid it? Uh, no, I think it set in motion the events as we saw them, right? From his well, childhood? Like, because he think does let his mom so. out of that room and he blames himself for letting her out and then her killing herself right. and all that so well he's saying his dad couldn't lock him because he couldn't find the key but i'm like you can have keys remade um and also like that's a pretty conspicuous ah, hiding place you know like it's not hidden in the way that like uh the Fleur de Lis World War II passages were hidden. It's just like, you know, I, I imagine if dad's like, oh, here's a door. I wonder how you lock it. Oh, here's an obvious fake brick. You know, like I, it has, that one doesn't bother me as much as the guidance stuff for sure. Uh, finally, you guys talked a lot about the eugenics wars, but isn't Earth's also supposed to be ravaged by a nuclear World War Three that makes nation states collapse decades before the events of the first contact movie, which happened around 2060? Mm-hmm. Seems like the eugenics wars have been delayed by several decades from the canon. Khan and his band of uh, augments have been created by soon and grow into adulthood before the wars can begin, apparently. And I actually thought that that happened like 1997 in the old series timeline. <laughs> Probably. Uh, it was like, yeah. Or, Some crazy future date, 1997. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the first? Yeah. There's no fucking way we'll still not have blown ourselves away by then. Right. Roddenberry uh-huh. snorts another rail of coke. Um also, Strange New Worlds Episode 1 just established that the U.S. has a second civil war at some point. So, Rios has a lot of bad stuff coming his way in the 21st century. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's kind of what i was on about yeah at the end of the last episode where they they say what his future is and it couldn't possibly be unless like his future ended a week after they left right yeah i mean it it's wild that they put that kind of pollyanna you know oh they lived had they, they're the mariposas they're the butterflies that are flapping yeah. all through history which number one mildly horrifying mm-hmm. what the fuck did that do to our the, the our, our good is that why star trek sucks now Yes. Rios flapped his butterfly wings, and now the Star Start Starfleet is kind of fashy, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of uh, wanting to enslave androids, you know, not not full not full throated, not like you know, uh, Lord Battlefleet Admiral Commander Picard cutting people's heads off in stadiums, bad, but bad compared to what we know. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, yeah, Uh, Sean says, I've been listening to you for over a decade. I absolutely love your content. My wife probably knows your voices better than my own by now. This is incredibly high praise. Uh, Thank you, Sean. I just watched this new Star Trek after having watched. He's talking about Strange New Worlds. After having watched Picard and listened to your podcast, I agree. Discovery of Picard is not what Star Trek was or should be. This first episode of Strange New Worlds is absolutely what Star Trek was in the original and the next generation. I would love it Mm. if you would give it a look and podcast about it. I will definitely give it a look. I can't guarantee a podcast, but they're out here saying yeah. that Strange New Worlds is good Star Trek again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a ninety-eight percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. What the fuck? I was read and and then now 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 let's let's settle down. Let's settle down. I will also remind everybody that the first couple episodes of Star Trek Disco was mm-hmm. not bad. I yeah. thought it was pretty, you know, the Klingons are funny looking. I'm not sure why they did that, but that that's it's pretty good. First episode or two of the first season of Picard, I liked. And I was over the moon about the first two episodes of this uh, season of Picard. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear more, but I'm getting Paramount Plus to watch the offer anyway. So fuck it. I'm definitely going to watch an episode or two of this. And if it hooks me, why not? I, I Again, full yeah. podcast. I don't know. But uh, if you didn't know, we have a premium podcast called Off the Clock. Might be worth five bucks a month uh, during the reign of Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds to, to check that out. Um, but yeah, thanks for recommendation, Sean. And again, uh, incredibly high praise. David C. As for the last episode of Picard, could the CGI be any worse on this show? It was especially bad with Borg Queen Gerardi. It looks like they CGI'd Allison Pill's face into someone else's body. I, yeah, it wasn't. <sighs> What uh, what was going on at the back of her her, her head? It looked like an al- it looked like more like yeah. an alien queen. It's it's HR Geiger RoboCop Geiger. <laughs> I don't know how you say it. Yeah, HR Geiger's version of RoboCop with Gerardi's face pasted on it. It looks like they took a uh, Adobe Photoshop bucket and selected uh, Allison Pale skin tone and alien queen head and just drug it along her forehead and <laughs> just smoothly, smoothly gradient flesh to inhumanity. Mm-hmm. And there's no, it's like, that's to me, it's like what the, the Borg Queen, like, I don't know. That's not how the Borg work, right? The Borg Queen has flesh and then it terminates into an exosuit and there's hoses and stuff. Yeah. There's no smooth gradients of intestine to fucking HVAC ducting. I don't know. I don't know. It it yeah, it, it was a lot. There there were other shots that looked equally bad. Uh I talked about them. It's yeah, it's not good. I was expecting to be put off. I wasn't expecting to be put off for like, you know, like, well that just looks stupid reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh I do love Star Trek and I will watch season three of Picard, but the series is a mess. 
What do you want to see happen in season three? Personally, I want to see Captain Seven and Captain Worf. Okay. I, I could see that. What I really want to see is I, I want the whole crew back together for at least one scene. I can't bring yes. all, I, you can't bring all these characters back and not have them in the same room talking to each other for at least a scene. COVID be damned. Yeah. So Patrick Stewart's lived a long life. If he if he dies during a TNG reunion, that's a that's a risk yeah. I'm willing to take. Dies this man's doing life. what he doing what he loves, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they have to. They have to get them all back together. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm a little put off by this Laris last minute Laris romance because I could I I don't know like I, I thought it would be kind of sweet to keep the will they won't they between crusher and picard going and they're oh. i think either picard is going to decide late in his life that he's gotten all of his emotional blockage and he's ready to sow the wild cybernetic oats mm-hmm. uh or he's going to two-time laris if he's even flirt I, yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about that is laris going to just die oh my god yeah because they they, they mentioned these Transport are all anthologies accident. <laughs> she's, she's gonna, got fucking yeah she's gonna turn into a, a screaming pig person Yep. on the transporter pad they actually beamed her inside out and mm-hmm. uh it's the first time it's happened since the motion picture and it's a damn shame <laughs> but it's going to completely pave the way and he's going to have that romulan philosophy is like well she's dead so yeah going to honor Move that on. love by rolling on to the next one uh i don't know um captain wharf i i i is that good enough like the wharf's a captain like 30 years after tng i feel like maybe he needs to be like an ambassador he needs to be up he needs to be up and up and up in places Jeez, admiral i Worf. can't see him as an ambassador I, I can't even really see him as an admiral i i feel like captain's You're where he right. belongs i like i i don't know i mean i like wharf but i don't know that he was cut from the the admiral cloth Let's say what if the war, what if Worf has become high chancellor of the Klingon Empire? Oh, yeah. He's sitting on that throne with that sweet ass mm-hmm. leather trench coat with all the fucking medals all Spikes over him. Shit. Yeah. How, yeah. How do you get him back on the ship, though, if that's the case? Because uh, I want to see him like his chad each his his chad each calls and he's not going to answer. Fuck no. He's going to come running. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that would be a cool place for him to be. It's almost unbelievable, but also I think it, I mean, if you, it, the politics of it makes sense. Like if um, the Klingons and the Federation grow ever closer together as staunch allies, which I think they did, the Dominion War kind of like uh, helped that along. Um, someone who is a full Klingon, it's not like he's like half Klingon, so that would like skeeve out the conservative Klingons. He's full Klingon, a Klingon's Klingon. Like they even, that's one of the points they made in Star Trek season three is that like uh, a lot of the Klingons at that point have been kind of talk. And have lost mm. like the true meaning of honor and glory, and and Worf is bringing it back. Uh, that ser- served in the Federation, or so maybe you know he did serve uh, in the Klingon Empire. Distinction. He's kind of like, you know, th- has a crossover appeal among Klingon voters. I don't fucking know how they. It doesn't seem like it's a strictly democratic process. Mm, but yeah, no, I would like to see no. Worf doing big, big things. We already know about. We we kind of know about Riker and Deanna. They're they're cooking rabbit pizzas, alien rabbit yep. pizzas. They're happily married. I want to see Jordy designing entire starships. That's what I want Jordy to see. should be like the Leah Brahms of yeah, this era. That's he exactly should, there, what I'm there, there should be a, jo- uh, a LaForge class warp core in the latest uh, starship that they're yeah. that they're mentioning. Yeah. Um, 
9.9, no problem. Yeah. Uh, Who are we missing? I think that's it, right? Like, that's Uh, the bridge crew. I mean, Beverly, we didn't really say, like, where she'd be. They already made her chief medical officer of this. Like, she's like the Surgeon General of the Federation. We we see a potential future for her, right, as Captain Beverly Crusher um, in all good things. Oh, I thought she was like literally the Surgeon General of Starfleet. Was she not? Oh, was she? I thought she was captaining uh, mm. the Enterprise. Oh, there, but I could be right. Wrong. She had like a medical ship. Maybe she was the flag oh, yeah. off. I don't know. Yeah, one of the medical ships, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I do hope they're a little flirty, though. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, is seeing if uh, Picard and the Crusher crush are going to get it on, or if he's going to think- keep his <laughs> defense going against her. Do you think Wesley will be back? I hope not. I think especially now that they've, you know, reaffirmed him to being a traveler and did like they got bigger mm-hmm. fish to fish to fry. Although he did come back for Deanne. Uh, eh, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if he came back. Okay. Um, let's move on to Nick from Sydney. Since the pandemic, I've been using TV and movies as an escape from the shit show going on all around me. And I try to be positive. But the show has broken me. Same brother. Same. <laughs> I was ranting at the screen. The good, Will Wheaton cameo. The bad, everything else. The Rene Picard plotline, you can just walk in and ask with someone else's ID. What's the point of quarantine if Dr. Soon can walk up and touch you in in your face? Oh, th- that that was the best one-line explanation. Well, prior to 24 hours before the launch, they dropped quarantine procedures. Mm. Yeah, because that's when you want your mission commander to get strep throat or, you know, come down with the bubonic plague that you expose the cosmic radio. Yeah, that's what the fuck. Uh, the plot was over in 20 minutes. I'm still not sure what the hell that was all about. How did Cora? Is that her name? Uh, the, the soon's daughter. Khan's oh, grandmother. I, I don't not Soji. I have no idea what her name not is. Not Soji. How did not Soji get a class? Cause he pronounced a core K or spelled a K O R E, but I don't think it was core as Cora. Hmm. Maybe Corey. How did she get a laptop? She walked away from Dr. Soon's house with just the clothes on her back. How? She stole one Theft. from the Los Angeles library system. It's the only thing I could think of. Yep. How is she a traveler? <laughs> I, I, uh, Will Wheaton made her one. I don't know. That's right. That's right. Why are there so many talons? Q says something about timelines and there's a hand wave. I still don't fucking know. Even if she's the great, great, great ancestor. I just. Yeah, that's stupid. They want to go back to the future thanks to Q. That hug between Q and Picard is one of the worst things I've seen on TV, let alone Star Trek. Picard what? absolutely hates Q. He's responsible for the deaths of 18 members of the, the Enterprise D's crew back way back when, plus lots of other mischief. Picard should not forgive him. What the fuck? Hmm. I mean, it's a good Hated. point. Q has killed many, many Star uh, Federation personnel. Like, he's uh, every death incurred by the Borg is indirectly at his feet. Sure. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, <laughs> Picard's old, you know. Yeah, he, he's got he's got a few deaths on his, uh, his on his hands. Uh, turns out. Yeah, they're both the, both both war, war criminals. It's a dying man. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I was fine with it. Where is Rios? Uh, oh yes, that's correct. He's just gone. Plus, his reason for staying in the now, apart from the hot doctor, which I can't agree with, is that he lived alone on a spaceship with five holograms. Not that he was Starfleet captain. 
we didn't talk about that but like his whole like i was lost and i didn't have a family and a son of a bitch you were the captain of a starship you had you just got your career back like that was your sad sack shit from the federation fucking with you man yeah uh and like low-key pinning the 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 death of his starship and his captain on him blaming him on that like i mean captain the stargazer is no small feat yeah yeah it'd be like now if i like went back in time and wanted to stay there and i cited well you know i lost all my friends and family when i left that religion that was 15 years ago things have gone on you know um uh still i'd I'd probably stay in the past honestly uh i'd have to look and see what's going on around me but you know it might be a trade-up you never know Finally, the Borg have been completely ruined as an enemy. They now want to be friends. I can see them saving the galaxy so they can assimilate more races. But being a guardian of the gate? No, thank you. Um, This one bothered me less because in my mind, the Borg have been destroyed as an enemy that you can take seriously long, long before. And this is like one of the last interesting things you could do with them. Just fuck, fuck it. Right. Bring them into the fold, you know? Yeah, I, I think like Voyager did a lot of damage to the Borg um, and some good things for the Borg, uh, the oh, little I sure. know about it. But also, yeah, I, I don't I don't have a problem with this. There will always be a different big bad. I think the Borg, as conceived and pictured early on in The Next Generation, were way cooler than the stuff that we got after the fact. Um I, I love conceptually the idea of the Borg, but I don't really like everything they did with him. But I don't know. This is as good as anything else. Any other way to leave them. So, yeah. And that's the thing about powerful villains is like they have to be overcome or they have to turn good eventually, because otherwise they're just going to beat the hero's ass eventually. You know? Yeah. Like Megatron is pretty cool until for the 16th time. He's like, God damn it. Starscream. You fucked me again. Ah, You know, like it's like, well, then maybe you should fire Starscream. He's your employee. <laughs> You know, like management can only blame employees that? a time or two, and then it starts becoming a management problem, Megatron. Yeah. The, the Romulans are kind of that now. Like, I, it, mm. when are they going to make the Romulans the good guys, I guess? Like, when will they have had enough with the Romulans being the bad guys? Because that's gone on for a yeah, long the, damn time. The universe is a big, pl- or the galaxy especially is a big place. Like, the we, the yeah. Federation largely just plays around in the Alpha Quadrant. There's there's four other quadrants, believe it or not. Um it would be, you know, like if you want to retire. The thing is, if you want to retire a major villain like the Romulans, you need another one kind of in the wings because right. Star Trek does need conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, even those Ian Banks books that uh, everyone's, you know, the utopian books about the culture. Uh, if it's just all about the culture, it'd be boring as fuck because they've got all their problems solved. It's like, how does the culture deal with other, you know, uh, autonomous beings that might not be as enlightened as them. Like that's the whole thing mm-hmm. that makes the, the the thing work. So if you want to get rid of the, the Romulans as our favorite backdoor spies, uh, you, you got, you got to come up with something new and the, the Borg ain't it. Nope. Uh, stay positive and trek on. Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to see if uh, strange new things brings it back around for us. Matt says, uh, oh, we had this question about LeVar Burton and whether he would consider audiobooks actually reading. Uh-huh. Uh, don't worry, Jim. You can still get you can still get in good with LeVar because he has narrated at least 16 audiobooks, including oh, Carl Sagan's goodness. Cosmos and the King James huh. Bible. What range? <laughs> okay. Holy shit. How long did that take? That's a thousand paper thin 
lizard skin pages, man. <laughs> you know, we said we we think of the Bible's as giant tome, and it is. As uh, as someone has read through yeah. it a couple times, it's a bit of a, a slog in places, but. Like Game of Thrones, uh, it, like I think Dance of Dragons is is actually longer, and uh, yeah, like if all the books is it combined, really? oh yeah, like and and if you talk about like the Song of Ice and Fire in total, it's like not even close. I'm oh, pretty sure. sure. Yeah, the the whole series, obviously, but I'm pretty sure all of Lord of the Rings is longer than the Bible too. So I, I want to know, you know if if you printed these on uh, like. If you printed those books on the same type of paper that you print the Bible on, mm-hmm. I bet yeah. they would be the smaller than Bible the Bible pages. It, uh, yeah. Honestly, like the, the Bible is a very big book because, but it looks small because it's printed on sure. just the thinnest possible paper. Sure. And a lot of times, like you, you see, uh, uh, like those uh, Bibles that they just have like Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Gospel. They dispense with all of the most of the That's Old Testament. The- Right, that's the other thing. Like, yeah. you want to read the Lord of the Rings, you want to read Game of Thrones, whatever. Those books, they're entertaining consistently. You go to the Bible, you're going to be slogging through some boring stuff. That's true. Fully half that's the true. Bible is just names of people. Yeah, there's some good. I mean, like I said, I think I think there's a lot of the early goings. It's essentially like Game of Thrones kind of level of like plot and intrigue. But yeah, you get to like numbers, and it's just like. Yeah, and the sons of Nephilim were of Solomon, <laughs> and they had this sons, and they had that sons, and yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot of genealogy. Uh, Jake, so we're still good. We're all still good with LaForge. That's awesome. Uh, J Cube says first, thank you for pointing out the writers did the bare minimum to address Picard's older brother. I blame my eyes glazing over during those flashbacks. I would like to acknowledge the good from the finale. I thought it was nice to see Wesley be given a moment and Picard and Q's scene near the end was very nice. The finale was admittedly much better than the previous seven episodes, but even so a good 75% of the episode didn't work for me. I I think that's a fair percentage. I think that's about what I would peg it to. Mm -hmm. Is that how they recruit travelers now? Remember how Wesley was recruited over multiple seasons before he was able to fully embrace becoming a traveler and actually demonstrating aptitude previously to being one? Wesley is just YOLO's this recruitment. Uh, yeah. What? I, I mean, I like Will coming back. I feel like he recruited the wrong person. Who could have recruited that would have been better? I guess seven, but then that's that spoils mm. seven would have been a good candidate for uh, a traveler, you know, with her, her Borg so. experience and, you know, uh, but then that spoils the the whole half ass Rafi romance. They want Elnor get Elnor El- out of here. Just take him away to be a traveler. Elmore's weird enough that I could see him becoming a traveler, but I yeah. don't think they've established that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man, because like I, I agree. I thought that came out of kind of nowhere. Um, and I guess she's not really recruited to be a traveler. She's a watcher, which is it seems like a quite a bit a step down in power from an actual traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I thought that was weird, but I did like to see Wesley. So I'm overriding overriding that objection. Uh, they also should have just ended the season with the Picard Q scene because immediately following that, the show pulled an Amber Heard and shat to bed. Full Jurati Borg right. Queen was nightmare fuel. I think Aaron compared to a Cabbage Patch Kid, but subconsciously I heard Garbage Pail Kid. I meant to say Garbage Pail. So if I said Cabbage Patch, oh. I meant to say a Garbage Pail version of Doc of Darth Vader. 
Um, so I'm okay. glad you caught the vibe I was putting down of my if my mush mouth fucked up the joke. I also feel like they just used a dithered eraser tool in Photoshop. Well, we're just cobbing, we're cribbing from the same notes here, uh, <laughs> J cubed. Um, I just feel like they used eraser tool in Photoshop to paste her head into the Borg Queen's body is just awful, and the Rio story sounds like bad fan fiction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could nitpick the rest of the episode as soon and Renee, but you guys did a good job of that. Like you, I'm in for the third season because of the returning TNG cast and Jim's pitch of a microanthology season was pretty brilliant. <laughs> Let's hope they actually listen to fan feedback this time around. They're not going to. Nope, they've, they've said. Defiantly, defiantly proud yeah. of the fact that they don't take notes. So um, that's awesome for them. I, I, I'm happy for them for that. Uh, Josh H says Picard is bad fan fiction written by amateurs fan fiction hmm. usually has a cool idea for a start maybe a cool idea for ending but we can convolute in the middle with no idea how to connect the beginning and ending uh, yeah mean, that's pretty right on technically so ha- you're wrong these people are being paid to do what they're doing so they are professionals even if they are writing bad fan fiction they paid that uh, that Fifty Shades lady uh, serious money to write uh, day, Twilight she, fan fiction. That day she became a professional. I hate to say it, but she is a <laughs> professional writer. There's she went pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> so I have this straight. The end of Picard season one was to turn back some monstrous race of synthetics hell bent on destroying organic life in the universe by collapsing some portal thing. The end of Picard season two is to turn back some mysterious threat hell bent on destroying the universe by collapsing some portal thing. Ooh, they could have, they could have probably uh, made something of that if they thought for a minute or two on it. Star Trek is like 80% of the climax of Star Trek is collapsing some portal thing. Like you pick any random episode and they're always trying to collapse some portal thing. There's a stellar mass, uh, a subspace distortion, a quantum mm-hmm. filament, a, a trans in the space a rogue time trans warp ra- wave. Yep. Yeah, there's there's some some weird subspace shit happening, and they got to stop it. Um, none of these endings were used as a story engine. It's just a thing that happens. To quote Wednesday Adams, "Your work is puerile and under dramatized. You you lack any sense of structure, character, and Aristotelian unities." Hmm. Uh, I mean, Wednesday Adams, killing him, killing him there. Moving on to Gus, I may be more susceptible than most to experiencing an emotional catharsis, even when it's unearned. An analogy could perhaps be made between the writing on Picard and the experience of a heroin user. It certainly has some short term enjoyment, but each time the impact lessens and I feel cheap because of it. My love of Trek predates predates the next generation. Trust me, I'm catching all the old series and the TNG references in the show. It seems that this is the only redeeming quality. I cannot help but shed a tear when I hear first contact music enter the soundtrack any more than I can at Q's final embrace. And yet, it seems painfully obvious to me that one of the first things the writers conceived of was that ending, with no idea how to convincingly get there. Did the Double Ds write this nonsense? I won't itemize every instance of their failed... Still waiting to see uh, uh, an original creative work from these guys. What happened right. to their $500 million Netflix deal? They're still working on it. I have no idea. That's crazy. That yeah. is crazy to me. What's happened to these guys after season eight, the Game of Thrones. It's wild. I won't itemize every instance of the failed shots, but at the end, when the Excelsior was fucking up their shield with whatever, leading to the fleet admiral to contact, contact the ship's captain. Correct. Correction. The cadet Elnor. 
mm-hmm. abandoned any bit of nuance that I had hoped would still exist by now, but obviously it left a long time ago. That we didn't, man, there's so many things that we didn't talk about that's like ridiculous in the margins because what the, f- when has that ever happened where a captain has talked to another Starfleet and the, the helm, the yeah. ops console picks up? Can I help you? Yeah, get your shields tuned, boy. Like, what? Right. Uh, goodbye to season two and good riddance. Like Q, I'll simply pick the timeline I prefer and make that my personal canon for the Star Trek universe. It's the only way to go. There's a lot mm-hmm. of them out there. Choose choose the one that works best for you. Craig T. So episode two comes in to a close. And once again, I'm left with just a lot of frustration of what could have been good characters and situations in both seasons. That I feel have been squandered in a false need to fit into a box that Star Trek just doesn't fit into. Action for action's sake, at times trying to be too clever, things you guys have been pointing out for a while now. There's a version of both stories, especially the one in season two, that I feel would have worked very well had they kept it a bit simpler and more character-driven, and that uh, action flows from that would be more interesting. Yeah, I mean, lame Star Trek The Next Generation action is still better than the action on this show, even though... I mean, the fight scenes in the average Star Trek show are ridiculous. It's like oh, all totally. they know how to do is the the Federation double hammer fist chop thing. Yeah. Uh, their guns look like dustbusters. It's just it's just a shit show, right? But, you know, it, it means something. Um, yeah, I always felt it when, had a purpose. Yeah. When when Riker says, Mr. Worf, prepare to fire. Uh, shit, man. Picard's on that Borg ship. You know, it's it's there. Mm-hmm. There was some stakes and they took their time to get there. I would like to say, though, that they did manage to pull up my heartstrings with Picard and Q's last encounter, especially the hug. And this is the type of interactions we've been dying to see throughout the season. Would it not have been better to add Q be Q throughout and then have had that revelation at the end that he is dying and wanting to give Picard one last season? That would have been wonderful. I'm, I don't know, because I feel like then the argument would be, well, that literally came out of nowhere. Like, what is Q? Like, they had to establish something being wrong with Q, and I don't think they did a good job with that. Yeah. They they established it, but I, I never felt like I understood why any of it was happening. Yeah, like, Picard's like, you're not well, Q, but why isn't he yell? Because, or why isn't he well? Because from, I like I said, we always talked about it. It's like, well, is it is it is he talking in circles even more than usual for Q? Um, is a really subtle thing. It's not like he looked. I mean, he looked visibly older, but that's because he transformed to match Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, his loss of power was interesting. Uh, they would have been interesting if, if like they had showed subtly him losing control of his power um, or things not going exactly to plan or him having to do things like the VR stuff because he doesn't have the juice anymore to do anything more than that. And we found out along the way that he's sick. But it's wild that in the first episode, Picard's just like, you're not well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it would all, It was also nice to see Wesley again. I've always thought he was a f- unfairly treated in fandom. Agreed. It was shameful the way the writers of that shitty ass busted up season one and season two writer room treated this boy. This mm-hmm. young man who had a, 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 a fine career in Hollywood up to that point, done some stellar work. Stand by me. Are you kidding me? Sure. Will Wheaton's awesome in that. And they gave him shitty lines, made him say it, and then said Wesley sucks. Had the temerity to do that. It's uh, it's not cool. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm in the costume department as well. They didn't do my man Wesley <laughs> 
very very like yeah those those sweaters yeah. were were not great the, the burlap the finest burlap woven uh <laughs> sweaters and corduroy <laughs> pants just mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. here's open one last time the season three can redeem the show i i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't i would abandon all hope i would jettison that shit like a breached warp core and try to limp into the third the third season on impulse power alone that's your best bet yeah, that's the thing. I don't expect season three to have an amazing, coherent story. What I expect of it is we'll get to see our old friends back on the screen. That's it. That's all yeah. I expect from season what three. What if the whole season is just moments like Wesley Crusher showing up out of nowhere and Q giving Picard a hug and, uh, you know, like, what What if What if that? What if all that? Right. That would be pretty cool. Here's the nightmare scenario. Hmm. It's just a shitty season of Picard. And the first episode is him sitting at 10 forward uh, on Earth and Gyno with everybody having to get together that gets immediately busted up so Picard can go on adventures with Elnor and Soji. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And no Rios and no Allison Pale. So... Allison Pale. Pale. <laughs> Gar- <laughs> Allison Garbage Pale. That's that her Freudian. That's her new name. Uh... <laughs> No, I think I mean, and there's there's a pretty good chance that that's exactly what's going to happen. They they load all the guest stars in the one episode, and it's just for fan service, and it has it's not Picard getting the old crew together and doing. You My know, God, I, I mean, everybody's just going to turn on this show if that's it's their last season. Right? Why the fuck would they care? Because they'll turn on Star Trek as a whole. I I don't know. I don't know. Do you want to piss off every TNG fan? Because I feel like 90% of Star Trek fans at this point are TNG fans. This is true, but I've found that a lot of TNG fans are apparently simple. Uh, they they uh, they 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 like the season of Star Trek because Damn. they have the card in it. So, I don't know. Um, Arcade Shenanigans wrote in and said, you referenced a red letter media review. One thing they mentioned that I've seen in Star Trek and Star Wars fandom is it seems like the writing on these modern takes of classic shows have started to reach back and retroactively poison the experiences for longtime fans. I wanted to remind and equip the bald move community with the mental firewall that I use when watching stupid shit like this season of Picard. I want to pause here because that's something yeah. that uh, Mike mentioned on the red letter media review is that because uh, cause, uh, uh, shit, Rich Evans, the other guy, said, well, you know, we always have uh, the next generation. And Mike's like, mm-hmm. here's the b- bad part is now when I go back and watch the next generation, this stuff is in the back of my mind and it makes me actively like that show less. No, that's a you I, problem, man. That is not the, a fandom problem. The, yeah, that's almost like I almost feel like that's performative. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and but maybe, maybe not because like even like I. I hate Star Trek at this point three times worse than I hate Star. I'm sorry, Star Wars three times worse than I hate Star Trek. And I can still watch Empire Strikes Back and five minutes in. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm locked in. This is still a banger. Luke's in the Wampa Cave. The Adats are coming. We got Dagobah. We got Yoda looking like Yoda. Um, I'm I'm up for that. Like, it's an excellent movie. And I feel like we just did like um, on our our sci-fi Sundays. We did all of last year. We did two episodes of Star Trek each each week. Uh, Next Generation. We got all the way up to close to the end of season four before Jeff Bezos cruelly pulled the rug out from underneath us and and uh, Paramount Plus took it for their archive. And 
I mean, yeah, season one and season two were silly, but season three, there was a lot of those things were fucking good. A lot of season mm-hmm. four stuff that was really excellent and worked hilarious, good character moments, exciting, thought provoking. Like, I, I, yeah, I, it, I can't go along on that, that, that. And crucially, never once did it cross my mind. Oh, Star Trek Picard is out there and it ruins my fandom of these things. Never once did I think of Star Trek Picard right. while watching these things. So, and if I, I imagine yeah, maybe because we didn't get the time zero, I think that's a season four finale. If we had of, I wondered, but like, I think it would be more of like, look how bad they fucked up their layup right. they had. It wouldn't be like, this is dumb retroactively. It'd be like they had this solid foundation to build something cool on and they just fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, he wants to give us if you are one of those people like Mike Stoleska, I forget what the guy's last name is, Mike from Red Letter Media, that's uh, there's memories of TNG and the old series have been poisoned by the 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 strict nine that is Star Trek Picard. He's got a tool for you. Everyone's least favorite character inadvertently gifted the fandom with this temporal firewall. If you find yourself hating these modern takes on Picard, just remember, this isn't the Picard we watched for seven seasons of TNG. This this is JL. If the mm. scene is tactically brilliant or morally superior, that's Picard. If it's nonsensical, <laughs> it's JL. In my head canon, JL is sort of like the doofus Jerry from Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh-huh. And looking real hard for one more bright side, at least the emoji movie wasn't Sir Patrick Stewart's last acting gig. <laughs> oh, God. Because, uh. yeah, this is better than the emoji movie, which I haven't even seen. It At first, I be. thought it he was talking about the sausage party and I'm like, well, that's stupid, but it was, it was a, but he was in the emoji movie. Oh, Patrick. I wouldn't know, but yeah, that's terrible. If true. Oh, Patrick. What would, what would Ian McKellen say? Uh, I didn't hate this season of Picard, but I have to admit it was quite dumb at times. I thought the conclusion with Q is a nice moment. I like seeing Will Wheaton's traveler instead of just Wheaton shilling for the show. That seems to be the universal through line. Most people with, I think the Mm -hmm. exception of J cubed up there, uh, liked like the 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 old antagonist uh, bearing the hatchet. The internet seems to be implying that seasons two and three of Picard were shot back to back. I'm having trouble thinking of a movie or television series that was shot back to back and was better for it in the end. Can you think of any? I mean, Lord of the Rings is the classic yeah, that's example. The, the biggest one. Yeah, so it can work, but like that's the thing. If you're if you're holding out hope that uh, Shaban and Kurtzman or whoever I can't ever remember the guys at the top of this uh, are going to heed fan feedback, like flush it down the toilet because you're going to have possibly editing and special effects that 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 they can they can work with. But the the stuff has already been written and, and largely shot, as as far as I can tell. So. Anyway, we'll keep in mind the JL versus Picard, Jean-Luc uh, division if, uh, if if we need to when season three kicks around. So uh, this is uh, we're getting towards the end of the mailbag here. Ian B says Picard season two deep sigh that didn't go well and was off to such a strong start. Keep this in mind when you're sitting down to watch this, this the, the, the upcoming week's episode of Strange New World. We all mm-hmm. loved the first episode of this, this season. Yeah. There are many good things about the end. Uh, it mentions all the classic Will Wheaton. Um, but even though Will Wheaton is great, it didn't make any sense. I did like how they tied Next Generation's Travelers to the original series Gary Seven. Bonus points for a big chunk of the cast being middle-aged or older women, even if the writing for Rafi was, shall we say, lacking. Let's 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 say that. Let's just mm-hmm. leave it at that. 
but the problems, the editing. I'm glad you called out Rios's sudden cigar. I had to pause there and <laughs> rewind to try to figure out where it had come from. It did not help. Plot mm-hmm. confusion. Their ship's gone. Talon died soon after. Earlier, how did soon get back so quickly from France to California? <laughs> Later, how did he get back from Cal- from California back to France? How on earth was an astronaut effectively running for her flight minutes before launch? How did a last-minute donor get that kind of access to an astronaut facility? Well, Brent Spiner just was an asshole. Yeah, he was just a massive that. asshole, and that got him got him through quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the rocket just take off with whoever suit Talon stole without who? Oh my god! Yeah, they're missing somebody in the crew, right? She's an alternate. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's a, also a good question. I would like to see how this whole crew. Seven with her Borg implants going through airport security. None of them mm-hmm. having any kind of paperwork or ID. How are they going to get back from the the west coast of America to France? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, then it turns out that Gerardi Borg's appearance has uh, been to solve a sector endangering anomaly. And that we only hear about that in the last 10 minutes. And this anomaly is tiny in astro- uh, astronomical terms and is held back by a small fleet. Random solar flares have been far more powerful than that throughout Star Trek. This little pea shooter, which only seems to shoot in one direction, poses a sector-wide threat. Then they commit to J.J. Abrams' crime of making this tiny, remember, anomaly simultaneously visible in several different different star systems. I know it's Star Trek, but acknowledging the speed of light isn't that hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we've talked like I don't. The, what's this one-dimensional space anomaly shit? I, I I know that like isn't it like uh, the the big black holes when they collapse in the quake? Don't they s- send out like a gamma burst uh, shooting out the both poles of uh, of the spin axis? Huh. That I don't know. So like it can happen that mm. you get strangely directional phenomena, especially dangerous phenomena in space. But I, I didn't think they sold it very well. Um, yeah, it was tough to imagine that that was a threat to a large portion of the galaxy uh, or or even a star system. Uh, the thematic idea of teaching Picard that he doesn't need to take responsibility for everything, that he needs to be OK at people dying. Are you talking to Picard here? Is he callous about life? No, but he's ordered many people to their deaths and led others into near death situations. The lesson he learned made little sense to me in terms of his character, opening himself up to affection. Yes, that I can see, even if it's retreading all good things, but learning not to take too much responsibility to avoid risking the lives of others. I just don't get it. I mean, yeah, there's also the whole Kobayashi Maru thing that every Starfleet officer goes through. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a mess. Uh, <laughs> In, to- in, in the end, the Picard season two didn't work, but there are things I want to recommend and salvage. First, Michael Shaban, and it might be Chaban is, I, I don't know, as I, this, the, the, the CH always throws me in these things, is actually a brilliant author, and I have no idea what happened with the writing for Picard. The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, two Jewish cousins, one of them who escapes from Nazi Germany, pioneer the American superhero comics genre. A golem is involved, not Gollum. A golem. What's mm-hmm. not to like? There's the Yiddish Policeman's Union, an alternate timeline, and instead of Israel, the area around Sitka, Alaska becomes the new Jewish homeland. It's a murder mystery in that world. Also fantastic. I'd also like to recommend Lower Decks. It's great and it just keep, yeah. keeps on better. Um, yeah, when we get Paramount Plus, that's going to be one of the first things I check out. Uh, I guess Q appears in below, the Lower Decks. Oh, really? Is he voiced yeah. by John Lancey? John, John Lancey. Yeah, nice. according to this feedbacker. 
Final recommendation is Strange New Worlds. I've only seen one episode. It looks promising. I let out a cheer when I saw the red and the blue. That's right. They've got vials <laughs> of red and blue and sick bay. All right, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm convinced that this was added at the last minute because someone on staff enjoyed your watch parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anyone call out the red and the blue, but it's there to be called out. So I wonder if it was, a, was it an old series thing too that they had kicking around on? I don't know. Shit. Have to go look. Gonna have to have an excuse to watch three episodes of the old series, I guess. Uh, so thank you for that, Ian. I appreciate it. Moving on, two more left. Randy, uh, after watching all 10 episodes of season two, I think this would have made a pretty good two-part episode of TNG. This must have been the email that you saw you're talking about. Um, All the extraneous action scenes and subplots that went nowhere could be jettisoned. Of course, they couldn't have had seven and with no need of Rafi, Rios, etc. With the regular cast involved, perhaps they could have had a special guest star for Dr. Gerardi, but that'd be about it. What do you guys think? No, yeah, that would have been better. Um... And again, you, you still have a 10 episode season, but it needed to be like three mini arcs mm-hmm. um, and maybe you start. Yeah, maybe I don't know. You got a two parter to start a two parter to end and then two, three parter or something. But uh, I don't trust these guys to do anything that season long. Finally, Josh B says to quote Star Trek Enterprise opening and title lyrics. It's been a long road getting from here there to here. Ugh. Obviously. <laughs> some of the best part of the season is Picard and Q. What I don't understand is why we got only four instances of them sharing the screen together. Add three to four times of them talking, maybe tie in some past themes and their TNG episodes and then condense the episode to five episodes and call it a season. Q told us it didn't matter and it turned out he was right. Um, yeah, for somebody who was ultimately concerned about Picard learning a lesson, giving him a gift, he was rather hands off, I'd say. Uh, he was not in there managing Picard much. How how much of this is budget? And oh god, I just realized that this is all still going to be whatever COVID restrictions affected season two are going to necessarily affect season three. I'm starting to really get a sinking suspicion that this cast re- there's no way they can afford all these people for ten episodes. And there's no uh, way they're going to yeah. get all these 50, <laughs> sixty and seventy year old people together, breathing air. Uh, take take from the take from the effects budget. And give it to LeVar Burton to show up. That's what they need. Just, yeah. Slash it Honestly, honestly, just don't even film it. Just have them them in a hermetically sealed room doing cast reads of the scripts that you've come up with. That's, that's, that's really all I want. Okay. Okay. I would, I would pay to see a shitty webcam footage (laughs) of that. Um, anyway. Uh, on season three, they announced several uh, changes for the casting. No Gerardi, Rios, Elnor, Soji. Sounds like Seven, Rafi, and Laris will probably be back. Uh, but it would make sense hmm. to be smaller roles of the entire TNG crew, right? I'm I'm really starting to feel like this. I, I said it. I didn't think about this before I sat down to record this. I've said it, and my heart has been sinking this whole fucking feedback episode. There's mm-hmm. I because it I, I don't think it works on the covid restrictions. I don't think it works on a budget, Terry, because this show is fucking cheap as hell. Yeah, there's there's no way we're going to have a sizable chunk of Picard with the entire cast. No fucking shot. I mean, unless the, unless these people are just like, eh, I don't need to make uh, tons of money off this. I'll work for scale or whatever and, and get in there and just do it because they all want to get back together on screen again. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Do you think the DNG cast is like that, though? Because, like, I feel like they still want to get paid. You know, it's like not like they just oh, show I'm up to sure. conventions all the time together. And 
Yeah, um, but do, do they need like Marvel money to make this happen, or do they just need well right, enough to yeah. like be like, hey, get, you know, if they paid me, I don't know, you wouldn't have to pay me too much to get together with a bunch of my friends and just hang out and sure. film something, right? But I, yeah. like, I'm not a professional actor, so. Thirty years ago, when they try to get the Bald Move Network back together, Jim's gonna hold. Ah, fuck! I, I, nah, I need, I need double my rate. I, yeah, <laughs> that appearance fee is gonna be steep. Uh, their final thought is during COVID, I saw pictures of the TNG crew still getting together at Patrick Stewart's house, so maybe they'll See, be more comfortable getting together again. Just yeah. put a camera in that room. T- that's Picard season three, <laughs> done. Yeah, they just I, them drinking wine together and laughing. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm gonna, and we'll we'll see in the trailers. We'll see how much the crew is factors into the trailers, and and um, that's what you but, do, but, man. You just Photoshop in. You just put a camera in that room. They're all drinking Pinot Noir or whatever. You just slap right. a Chateau Picard digitally on there. Sure. Yeah. Call it season three, and I'm in. Put a couple lens flares in Patrick Stewart's apartment. <laughs> you yep. won't even know. You won't yep. even know. De-age one of them a little bit. Sure. And that's it. That is finally, we are done with season two of Captain Picard, Star Trek Picard. Uh, we'll be back next week, or not next week. Yeah, no. right. We'll be back next year for Star Trek colon Picard season three, the last disappointment. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, Hopefully it'll be better. I'm hoping that Star- Strange New Worlds is good. If so, I almost mm-hmm. guarantee there'll be coverage of that on Off the Clock. Again, if you want to check that out, uh, that's a premium podcast. You can get it at patreon.com. Slash bald move. Um, but yeah, if, if, if that's you, you, honestly at this point, I want to see the first episode and then I want to kind of like see if it gets shitty. So I'll I guarantee at least one of us will be talking a little bit about it. And I imagine you. Yeah. Next time three, on, I'm I would yeah. say, yeah, I just finished up uh, Ozark. So my TV schedule is open back up. So I yeah, well, I'm going right. to pick up the first episode of Strange in the Worlds. So we'll probably talk about it next uh, OTC. There you go. Well, We'll see. We'll see if they can make a better one. Season three. At least we'll at least get one episode of our classic mm-hmm. crew back together again. And it's going to be fun. Just in the same way. Wesley was fun. Q was fun. It'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, we'll see you. I, I, the other thing is like, when do you think this will be out? Because they did film it back to back. I yeah, mean, it could be sooner than a year. I would I would guess it's going to be sooner. I imagine whenever they get done rotating through Strange New yeah. Worlds, Disco, Lower Decks, like it, it might come out later this year or early next. You might get like a late winter release on this. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, anything. Because like I, I feel like Paramount Plus is going to want to keep Star Trek on the air to keep people subscribed. I, I have a feeling. Uh, anyway, we'll be back next season. Uh, and Until then, uh, just, just watch out for them containing breaches. They'll get you. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.